Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. Edmonton's home for breaking news on your favorite teams. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on the voice of your Edmonton Oilers and Eskimos. 630 Chad. All right, appreciate you tuning in tonight. We got to do this right now because Robert, or two points Robert, as I've come to know him ever since he started calling Rob and me in October when the Oilers got off that hot start. Robert, you had a story last night, but we were right at the end of the show. And I said, "Look, man, we will give you a little bit more time." So Morley Scott's waiting, but you're gonna you're gonna open for Morley Scott. So go ahead. Well, I feel honored to open for Morley. And, you know, by the way, setting the gold standard for inane garbage is nothing to sneer at. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) But I'm going to do my best to contribute. So, yeah, last night, I'm not sure if folks heard it, but this whole Newton kerfuffle, folks, listen to me. If If you read it on the Internet, that does not make it so. What does make it so is Reed said so. Got that? Reed said so. That makes it so. End of discussion. Take it to the bank. <laughs> You're far too kind. What's your hockey story? Well, it, no, no, I don't have a hockey story tonight. I have a, uh, a baby boom story. Oh, cool. Okay. Okay, so we've got this impending baby boom. We all know it's coming nine or ten months from now. And so... I'm curious what we're going to call it. And I've been asking some folks, and I've got three suggestions that have been put to me. The first is Covey's. The second is Covenials. My personal favorite is Boomer Juniors. So these are, so maybe, these are babies that are going to be born like in November and December and onward. Right, and, and nobody wants to call them Boomers, right? Right, of course. So, so, so maybe we've got those. And then finally, morally, I will say I'm sure that Eskimos player was greatly relieved when you announced to the world that he had a pair. <laughs> that's, that's very true. Robert, uh, thank you for calling. You always, uh, you always keep me entertained. Enjoy the rest of the show. You guys are the greatest. Keep it up. All right, that is Robert checking in, 780-496-0063. Trevor Harris drops back, looks to the end zone, throws, and... Oh, oh what a oh. catch! Touchdown, Eskimos! Greg Ellingson diving along the sidelines, comes up with it. What a catch for Ellingson! A little bit of Morley Scott as we bring him onto the show. Morley, thanks for staying up late to do this segment. 
this segment. Hey, no problem, Reed. I'm happy to be here. I know, uh, and I know things are, uh, let's call it challenging for you right now for your show, and uh, I think you're doing a great job, and I'm happy to be a part of it tonight. Yeah, thanks. Thanks for checking in. Um, checking did you get to hear Randy Ambrosi? I'll start very generally. Did you get to hear Randy Ambrosi in the first half hour? And hey, there's a lot he can't tell us right now, but did anything stand out? Yeah. Well, I think what stood out for me most was uh, the one statement he just said, and I think it just goes for pretty much everything we're going through right now, whether it be uh, in the world of sports or just in our everyday lives dealing with what's going on in the world. Everything is up in the air. And to me, that's the quote that, that we're all living by right now uh, in everything, not just in the Canadian Football League and planning for uh, the new season, but in everything we do. Uh, there are no answers to the many, many questions we have right now. There are guesses and there are estimates and there are uh, wishes how we hope things will go, but there are no answers right now. And, and, and I feel bad for, for people like Randy Ambrosi because football, uh, sports is secondary right now, but these people still have to go up about their business, do their jobs, and plan for the season when it starts. And it's not easy. You have a lot of people to make happy. Uh, the, the NHL, the NBA are, are hoping to get going at some point in game, but you've heard every estimate from mid-May to July and August. So uh, who knows what's going to happen? And I think that's the thing we all have to just remember is just to, to relax and be patient. We all believe that at some point we're, we're getting back to our old normal, but right now we just have to take it one day at a time and get through things and take that philosophy. Everything is up in the air. Be ready for everything to change every day and just do your best to get through it and one day we'll be talking about uh, football again we'll be talking about hockey again and hopefully this will just be a lesson learned and we'll still be washing our hands and going on with life as normal so let me ask you the question and of course you said it this, this is not the priority right now but we'll have the what if discussion just because we are doing a sports show and, and the one mm -hmm. quote from randy that I, I thought was significant when i asked him about a delayed season, a shorter season, you know, the Grey Cup still being in late November. He said, we want to create a season that's credible. I And I said after that, I, you know what, Morley, if they got to start late August or Labor Day and play 10 games and do the playoffs, I'm fine with it. I actually had a texter write in and said, Reed, there's nine teams, do a round robin, everybody plays eight games and do the playoffs, and let's still give out the Grey Cup. Now, we still don't know if and when it's going to be possible to start the season, but you cover the league on a first-hand basis. You're at the practice every day and see the grind that the players and coaches go through, and, and, and they respect it, and you respect it. What would a credible season be in your mind? I, I think eight to ten games is is pretty much what you need. I think you have to have a chance, and, and I like that round robin idea. I was kind of thinking about that myself. I say, well, if you play eight games, you can play everybody once, and then don't give anybody a bye. Just have two weekends of playoffs and have two games uh, both weekends, and 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 whittle it down that way till you get to the two teams that play in the Grey Cup. Uh, just make it kind of an expanded playoff. That way, you build an extra gate into it as well, because you know financially, there's a lot of losses here and I think the league and, and the NBA and every business out there wants to find a way to recoup their losses at the end of this so I kind of like that idea no buys into the playoffs so, so are this you year saying just play eight, the round robin are you saying eight of the nine put eight of the nine teams in the postseason just eliminate one team I got no. I have no problem with that. That kind of adds. It gives everybody more of an opportunity to make the playoffs, and and it also gives you two extra gates. I believe right. it would be two extra gates. Well, because you'd uh, have three the weekends. In the playoffs and, so yeah. The, so the first week would be eight against one, seven against two, uh, yeah. six against three, five against four. Six against three, yeah. Five against four. 
That's and then reseed all the winners go in and uh, one plays four, two plays three in the in the two uh, in the two semifinals, and then have the two winners in the Grey Cup game. It it also would be a good test run for what a lot of people want to see, and that's a new playoff format. And I know you talked to Randy about that tonight, and this would be a great way to kind of float that balloon, saying, "All right, we did it last year under special circumstances. What did you think of it? How did it work out? Do you think it can be successful moving forward?" So uh, maybe they can kill two birds with one stone with this, you know, salvage this season and maybe get a plan in place for a better playoff format than they have right now going forward yeah okay well we're, we're gonna have to we're gonna have to see what happens obviously and then as i said to randy and, and he said look you and I, I know we i brought up the masters and he said i that's kind of an unrelated event but things in the spring are being postponed or canceled so that was kind of the context i was giving and the memorial cup which is I mean, that would be the first week of training camps, right? It's been called off. So I think we're going to have some questions about yeah. the start I, of the I, CFL season. Yeah, I think what what they're going to have to decide is, okay, do we need preseason games? Do we need maybe one preseason game? How long do we need for a training camp to get accomplished what we need to get accomplished? And if we're only playing eight to ten games, do we need to have a full three weeks of training camp or a month of training camp? Maybe we can shorten that up a little bit and go from there. Uh, the border issue is going to be something significant as well. And, you know, do players at that point, will players still have to isolate themselves when they come across the border? And not just from the U.S., there's going to be players coming from all over the world to play in the Canadian Football League this year. Every team's going to have uh, two global players on their roster as well. So, uh, there's so much, so much that goes into the planning of, of creating this season and all the changes that they're going to have to make. But uh, it, it's, it's uh, you know, I, I feel bad for the guys who have to do it because Randy Ambrosi is going to make a lot of phone calls, I believe, and, and all the presidents and GMs and, and the football ops people are going to have a lot of tough decisions to make. But I think when push comes to shove, I'm hoping, best case scenario, we get eight to ten games and they start maybe with training camp in late July and play some games before August is over. Morley Scott, play-by-play voice of your Edmonton Eskimos on 630. Chad joining us on Inside Sports. You also hear Morley delivering the morning sports casts on 630. Chad mornings with Chelsea and Shay. Okay, so I was saying before, you and I have not seen each other or talked now in quite a while because of the changes in our yep. workplace. You're working from home. How are you delivering uh, these sports casts from your home, a home office? And you're up. You're up pretty early too. You usually get up and go to work, but now you're getting up and stay at home and and talking. It ha- the the the, uh, the commute has changed. I still get up at the same time, which is four o'clock. Uh, and instead of the fifteen minute drive into the station, I now do a fifteen step walk to my office, which is just outside my bedroom door. And I settle in at my office. And, and technology is wonderful. Uh, we have a, an app that puts us on the air, and, and I just have my uh, my uh, my iPhone hooked up with a microphone and a headset through an app that we use to, uh, to to move us in. And I'm using that same process right now to talk to you, and it gets a, a a pretty clear signal and I get on the web and I do my research and I write my stories and I cut some clips. It all, it all takes a little longer than it would at my desk uh, at the station, but I can get it done in the morning at my desk here in my house. And, and I do that. It's uh, it's, I love the dress code. I'll tell you that. <laughs> yeah. What, what is your dress code for your home sports cast? Well, if, 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 if you've been following me on Twitter, I have a little uh, bit. You'll, yes. uh, you'll, 
you, you notice that I post the, t- the T-shirt of the day every day. Uh, today's T-shirt is the hashtag, and I'm, I have, I, I don't want to call it an extensive T-shirt collection, but I have a lot of T-shirts that I've paid for and gotten free over the many years of uh, in my broadcasting career, and uh, I'm just wearing a different one every day and posting it out there. We've had, you know, we've had a Billy Joel shirt, Earth, Wind, and Fire, uh, the uh, the Chorus Radiothon for uh, the Stollery T-shirt. Uh, what else have I had? I had a Blues Brothers T-shirt on today uh, from the House of Blues in, in in Las Vegas, uh, so I'm, I'm trying to tell a little story about every uh, every T-shirt that I wear and when I got it and where I got it. But uh, the, underneath the T-shirt, there's usually just a pair of sleep pants and uh, and my slippers. So that's that's how I've been delivering <laughs> sports every morning with uh, with uh, Shay uh, with Chelsea and Shay on 6:30 Ched mornings. It's been it's been a weird adjustment because uh, I'm a social guy. I like to talk to people. You know, you've you've heard me and Dave and you. We get into some pretty good conversations back there in the bullpen. Sometimes I I, I love my family uh and i am enjoying some extra time with my wife and my daughter and we usually make some time every day to play a board game or watch a little tv together or watch a movie but i I miss seeing you read i miss seeing dave i miss seeing uh uh, uh, chelsea and shay every day but it's what we we're all going through and we have to put up with it right now and hopefully you know i i stay home to help everybody else and i hope everybody else is staying home to help out as well because that's what we're supposed to be doing right now uh the neat thing about it is uh you know the old joke about your work wife and your work husband my <laughs> wife is also working from home so my actual wife has become my work wife <laughs> so crazy. it's been kind of neat oh that's amazing yeah you've had a long and illustrious career in in broadcasting and certainly your house is not the most unusual place you've had to do some sort of live reporting from i'm putting you on the spot here is there uh, you know an, an yeah. unusual location you can remember doing something live from uh, I'm I'm just trying to think. Uh, yes, uh, I can think of one thing. In my early days doing Euler broadcasts, I had to file. I used to have to file like an audit report after the game every night, and I can't remember why. But there was one night we were on the road. I can't even remember where it was. It was so long ago, and and we had to move quickly uh, and get on the bus and get to the airport and get on the plane. And so once we got settled on the plane before it took off, I got up, I walked into the washroom on the airplane, shut the door. <laughs> Locked it, and I did my uh, I did my owner's report from the washroom on an airplane just before we took off. That would probably be the strangest place that I've ever done uh, any kind of uh, reporting from. Oh wow, that is amazing! Great sound quality, I'm sure. I've also I've also done uh, football games from Man Stadium, and that's a dump. So uh, that's a pretty bad place to do games from too. Yeah, well, well, you did a report from where you take a dump, and then you did one from an actual dump. So there you go. All right. Oh, nice one, Morley. Thank you for coming on. Uh, you are going to be a, a, a regular guest on the show, I think, in the weeks to come. So thanks for checking in, and uh, I'll let you get to bed here, buddy. I look forward to it, uh, Reed. Thanks very much. Have a good night. That is Morley Scott. Get him in about uh, uh, 10 hours or so with Chelsea and Shay doing sports on 6.30 Shed Mornings. Uh, he had never told me that story before, Kellen. Did you know that? Did not. That he phoned in an Oilers report from the bathroom of an airplane. That is, and you, I mean, you could kill two birds with one stone. Morley, were you pouring a glass of water while you were doing the report? Oh, never mind. It's 20 after 7. This portion of the show presented by Furnace Family. Experience the Furnace Family difference. Your Furnace Replacement Specialist with over 500 five-star Google reviews. Call 7804-FAMILY or visit FurnaceFamily.com. I I do want to say quickly, 
uh, you know, I, I, I had some fun with that, that text earlier in the show. Honestly, that kind of stuff doesn't bother me, but some people have written in some nice things since then. And I just want to say, I, I honestly do appreciate that, that people are listening to Inside Sports and listening to 630 Chat. We bring you a lot of news throughout the day. There's, I mean, obviously there's this, it's the most serious thing that's ever happened in our lives going on in the world right now. We're going ahead with Inside Sports. Uh, you know, we're going to cover that as it relates to sports. We're going to have athletes and broadcasters on the show. Um, you know, we are going to try to make you smile. And, uh, you know, I, 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 honestly, I, I honestly mean this. I'm not just, you know, saying this to, to, to fluff it up or, or to be, um, you know, to be cliche or anything like this. But it, it honestly means something to me to be able to converse with you and, and connect with you. I really mean that. That that is one of the highlights of the job. So, if if there's something about the show you like that really makes me happy, if there's something you would like to hear, a person you would like to hear featured, please reach out. The next guest uh, who we're going to have after seven thirty was was a tip. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. I got from an email from a listener that maybe this was somebody we should catch up with. Uh, Inside sports at 630chat.com is how you can email me. And we're coming back after the break. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins is brought to you by Cam LLP Injury Lawyers. Representing injured people in Edmonton and across Alberta since 1962. All right, we got a text here to the show. This person says, I miss the Oilers, Reed. Can you play an overtime winner from Jack? Indecisive at this point, but now dishing back for David DeArnay. He'll swing it to the corner for Drysaddle. Back in front to Arnay. Phil on line one. Go ahead, Phil. Hey, Reed. Hello. Hey, you know, the longer this uh, this uh, self-isolating self, uh, and all of this goes on, the more it's going to change uh, change our world in a lot of ways. And I'm going to, like, you, you, you broadcasters, for example, um, you know, you're, you're managing the technology is there where everybody's working for, from their homes, okay? Um, Chorus Entertainment is going to see that they don't need all of this office space that they have. Um, that's on one side of it. There's going to be, there, there's probably going to be more divorces coming up. You know, the, the one fella called in and, and said about the, the baby boom that's going to be happening 10 months down the road. Um, all kinds of things like this. I was just talking to a trucker friend of mine, and he just crossed the border into uh, Saskatchewan from the States. And, uh, these guys are out there, like, they spend 22 hours a day by themselves, with themselves alone, right? And uh, and they look forward to the social aspect of, you know, the waitresses or whatever, friends at the truck stops, right? This is this has now been taken away from them. And these guys are going to get to the point where they're going to say, you know what, enough is enough. 
is this is going to change a lot of aspects of our world, is what I'm saying, Reed. Yeah, it could, Phil, for sure, for sure. Thanks for calling in, buddy. We'll connect again, okay? You bet. All right, that's Phil, 780-496-0063. But back after the news with all... Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Ultra runner, Ailsa McDonald. <laughs> Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins is brought to you by Cam LLP Injury Lawyers. Representing injured people in Edmonton and across Alberta since 1962. Okay, thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. The NHL has postponed... It's Combine, it's Award Show, and the Draft. That was going to be June 26th and 27th, and they are going to uh, still think about and announce the format for the draft lottery at a later date. We had uh, NHLer from the Buffalo Sabres, Curtis Lazar, on the show tomorrow. A guy most of you appreciated when he was an Edmonton Oiler. He uh, signed with the Winnipeg Jets last summer and then uh, ran into some health difficulties. Mark Letestu is scheduled to join us on Inside Sports tomorrow night. Well, I'm pleased to uh, catch up with ultra runner Ailsa McDonald. Ailsa, you're on with Reed. How are you doing? I'm good, thank you. How are you? I'm doing great. It's nice to talk to you again. And and I mentioned uh, I mentioned in the last segment that I actually got an email from a listener who uh, remembered you being on the show, and I found the interview. I, it was 2017 you were on the show. You came into studio, and we chatted, and I had a listener write in and said, uh, hey, Reed, you should you should catch up with Elsa because she keeps doing great stuff, and you are doing great stuff. Let's start with uh, the race in New Zealand you recently uh, ran and, and won. Did you not win this 100-mile race in New Zealand? Yeah, I did. I was, first, well, first female overall, and uh, third, I was third overall out of, of everyone. Okay, so a uh, hundred miles, uh, and this was in February in New Zealand. Yeah, February. 8th. And is it not like the middle of the summer there? Yep, it is. Still <laughs> well towards the end of their summer, yeah. So okay, so what what was the, what was the temperature like first of all? Actually, I got really lucky. Um, that was my third hundred miler, and my first two, like Sinister Seven, the one you interviewed me for a couple of years ago in 2017 that was record high temperatures and i did western states in 2018 which was also record high temperatures at 40 degrees and this one i got like the whole week we um in rotorua in new zealand it was hovering around that 30 35 degrees and then on race day i think that the high temperature was like 24 so i really lucked out <laughs> we had the one cooler day of the week yeah 24 is uh not bad that's kind of just like running in alberta when it's hot so that's not that's not too bad at all so re- remind people here first of all we'll, we'll, we'll go with the new zealand race for starters what was the terrain for the race and how long did it take you to complete it uh the trip was a little bit different compared to what i was used to i'm used to doing like um ultra marathons with significant elevation like sinister seven um you know over the rocky mountain passes um there was elevation but um it was like more shorter climbs and everything was at sea level so it was uh 
it was nice that way, um, a little bit easier than what I'm used to. There was a lot of really runnable surfaces, but then we did have some really technical terrain. So there was about 30 or 40 kilometers that was, um, the footing wasn't really that great. And you were running over like a lot of uh, rocks and roots and stuff like that. So you really, it really slowed you down. But um, it was a really nice variety of, of terrain in this one. And, and what was your time? Uh, I finished in 18 hours and 10 minutes. Wow. Okay. That's amazing. And is it, when, it, when it's 100 miles, was it a circuit so they can kind of keep track of the competitors? Or were you out and back? Or were you just out and you went till the finish line? Uh, it was a point-to-point course, but everything is tracked. So there's um, there's checkpoints along the way. So there was live feed and everybody kind of knew the standings of, of everybody. It could be live track. So you could you could kind of track your athletes and, and know what position you were in. Okay. And are you always... I mean, I, obviously, I've never done a race of this distance. Nothing against my loyal listeners. Probably most of them haven't either. Are you sort of always around other runners, or might you be fairly isolated at some times? I would say fairly isolated most of the time. <laughs> okay. The only reason I had any other runners around me in this race was because um, there was a couple of shorter distance races that kind of merged with the 100 miler. So there was a 100K race that had a different start location and different time. But the two courses merged together around about, I think it was around 40 kilometers into our race. No, sorry, it was more than that. It was over 100 kilometers into our race. Then we started to merge with the 100 Kers. And so for the rest of the course, I was always around people. But for the first 100K, um, after probably the first aid station, I pretty much ran alone. See, this is fascinating to me because there was a 100-kilometer race and it wasn't the longest race. <laughs> you, you, you were doing the, the, the longest one. So what, is, what are you carrying with you? I mean, look, a lot of runners, you know, and I, and I run, I'll carry a water bottle. Some people might have a little belt or a little pouch where they might have a snack or some kind of boost. What, what do you take on your person when you go out on the course? Well, obviously you can't carry enough to fuel yourself for 100 miles so there's aid stations probably every 10 kilometers roughly okay and there's also aid stations where you can have crew come to meet you so my husband and his daughter were there crewing me and they were able to meet me along points of the course and they would carry um bigger items that i might need like changes of clothes or extra shoes socks stuff like that um blister care kits um but in between those um, crew aid stations, there was just regular aid stations where you could refuel your water bottles. There was electrolyte fluids, candy, sandwiches, you know, places where you could kind of stock up your solid fuels and your liquid fuels. So when, will you actually sit down for a little bit or, or are you on your feet the entire time? Um, I only sit down long enough to kind of change my socks and shoes or take care of any blisters or anything like that, but I don't take any rest breaks if I don't have to. I find it easier to keep moving. I find if I stop, then it's that much harder to get up and moving again. But it, it is a common practice for a lot of ultramarathoners. The, the given time to finish the course allows for that. So it's up to the individual, really. Okay. Uh, Elsa McDonald joining us tonight on uh, Inside Sports on February 8th. She uh, won a 100-mile race in, so is it Rotorua? Am I saying that right? in New Zealand, and uh, and we're going to talk about some of the other races you've won. Elsa, we, we, we talked briefly yesterday to set up the interview here, and I went back and listened to your appearance in 2017. 
So I'm going to ask you a follow-up question from that interview. Did you drink a beer during this race? Because you told yes. me you had a beer during the Sinister <laughs> 7 in 2017. <laughs> yes, I did. <laughs> and when, at what point in the race do you have it and why? Uh, at this one, I had it at the 120K mark. Um, so it was actually really dry in New Zealand when we were there, and there was a portion of the course that they cut off to the crew. Um, so there was a couple of crew aid stations that they had to uh, not allow people at. So um, I was expecting to see my crew at like the 80K and 100K mark, but because they closed the Forester Road and the access to these crew access points, there was a long stretch where I didn't see them. So from 60K to 120K, I didn't see them. So you're talking like seven, eight hours. I think it, I I went without without seeing them. And I had told my husband, like, by the time I get to 120K, I'm probably going to want to beer. Okay. <laughs> so for that, for that time, it was like the highest temperature of the day. It was getting pretty hot. And after all of those miles and drinking Gatorade all day and electrolyte foods, I'm just, it's kind of nice to have something other than sports drink. It's really refreshing, and it, it's just something I really look forward to. And it, I haven't found that it has hindered my performance in any way, so I just, I just do it. Is this the furthest you've ever traveled for a race? Like, have you gone off continent a lot to compete? I did a race in France back in August in okay. the Alps. Oh, how was that? Wow, that's cool. That was absolutely amazing. How long was that one? I did the 100K there. Um, that one had significant elevation. It was 10,000 feet over 100K, which is, or sorry, 10,000 meters over 100K. No, sorry, 6,100 meters. So 21,000 feet. Um, over the 100k course um, it, it draws a really competitive field it's one of the most uh, competitive ultra marathons on the circuit and um, it was really hard but absolutely beautiful and I can't wait to go back I'm going to go back and do the 100 miler next year probably awesome uh, so I, I want to ask you this I don't think we really talked about this before I mean, you do something that is is pretty rare in the athletic world. I mean, I, 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 I because I run, I like talk to talking to elite runners and, and featuring them on the show. But is there sort of a part of the world where there might be more people who ultra run, or maybe where they've sort of conquered? Like, if you're a surfer, there's certain places you would move to because you want to surf, right? Is there like an ultra runner spot in the world, or a spot or two where there are, are a lot of them? I don't think so. I mean. You- the big um, world races tend to draw the same amount of participants from all over the world, but I, I do find that um, ultra runners tend to come from places that are mountainous or there's lots of access to trails because we're mostly backcountry runners, right? So okay. um, Colorado would be a big one, um, Arizona, Phoenix, you know, places like that where you, where you have, like, unlimited access to trails. Okay. I mean, you're you're doing great. We we were talking yesterday. Uh, what you won Ironman Canada 29 was it Santa Rosa? You won a race or last year? Uh, yeah, 20, uh, Santa Rosa in 2019. Yeah, 2019. But and, and there's also a big event called the Western States. But you mm-hmm. you also said at Western States you had a, a pretty tough experience recently too. <laughs> yeah, I did. Uh, Western States was my second hundred miler. So Western States is kind of like the pinnacle of of ultramarathoners. All the ultramarathoners want to get into this race. It's really difficult to get into. Um, so you either get into it via a lottery system um, or you can win 
one of the golden ticket races. So if you place top two in one of the golden ticket races, you get an automatic entry. So I started off my 2018 year, 2018 race year by winning Black Canyon 100K in Arizona, um, and that was a golden ticket race. So I got the entry into Western States. So I was now going into um, my second 100 miler as one of the top competitors. So as you can imagine, this put a tremendous amount of pressure on me. Um, I, of course, didn't want to let anybody down, and I, I didn't really have the right mindset going into it. Um, of course, without lots of high temperatures, being the luck that I have. Um, so I went out way too hard, fell apart really early in the race, and ended up walking probably 50% of the course. Like, it was, it was wow. a really tough day. My legs failed me. I, I it, Mentally and physically, it was just really tough to make it to the finish line. And my only goal that day was not to quit. So I finally got there, and I didn't do too bad. I finished in 21 hours, which is still a very respectable time for that race. And I was really happy with that finish, and I was ready to put Western States behind me. But, of course, my, my crew, my husband, and friends of mine were like, they wanted me to give it another go because they knew that I could do better. So... <laughs> Well, you so still finished. I, like you, you, I, I still finished. Okay, because you told me yesterday to ask you about that because you wanted to, to say, you know, you don't just win everything all the time. And the way you told me yesterday, I actually thought, oh, I don't think she finished that race. But that's, I mean, that's pretty amazing. You still got to the finish line. So that, that's pretty good. How many, yeah. how many people on your team, like, will go and help you? Uh, and be there for you on race day. Like you mentioned your husband and his daughter, but some friends too. How many, what's your entourage? <laughs> uh, usually three. So it's my husband and then a couple of friends of mine. They're uh, a married couple. So they, they've been to many of my races now and um, they all work really well together. My my husband is kind of like the captain of the crew team and everybody kind of plays their part in when I come into the aid stations, everybody knows what to do. So um, we all work really well together. We travel really well together. We're good friends, so it's it works really well for us. Um, all right. So when we met uh, a few years ago, you was it St. Albert you were living in, or were you right in Edmonton? I was in St. Albert. You're in St. Albert, and now you're in Southern Alberta. I'm in Cochrane now. Yeah. Okay. And is the running vibe different there at all? I wouldn't know actually. I. <laughs> I moved here in August. Okay. Uh, and then we went straight to France, and then we took off to Arizona for the winter. And we were supposed to be back at the end of April, but of course, with the coronavirus and everything, we came back early. So, this is the most amount of time I've spent in my place in Cochrane, and I haven't been able to experience the local runners yet because we're all isolated. Because <laughs> you can't do anything in groups right now, which is okay. That's right. All, yeah. all right. Well, that, that, that's. Uh... But I, I do have a lot of contacts down here and a lot of trail runners, so I'm really excited to. Um, get out with them when when this thing is all behind us and and explore the the courses or the the trails around here because I know there's plenty. Sorry, I'm sorry if you mentioned this. Where is the Western States held? It's in um, it starts in Lake Tahoe, California, and it finishes in Forest Hills, just outside of Auburn. Okay. So just outside of Sacramento is where the finish line is. Oh, cool. Okay, awesome. Uh, I got a text here from 63630. You're going to love this, Elsa, because I'm sure you get this reaction all the time from people. Uh, Brian writes in, he says, who the hell runs 100 miles and why? And he has about 15 <laughs> question marks after why. <laughs> <laughs> you know, every time I get into one of these races, I hit that 80K mark, and I'm like, why am I doing this? I don't have to do this. This is so stupid. <laughs> 
So I question my own sanity. But, you know, you go through a lot of physical and mental lows when you're doing these crazy big races. And then as soon as you cross the finish line, you forget you ever had any low points whatsoever. <laughs> it's just such, it's so rewarding when you cross the finish line that you just forget that all, all the bad stuff. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. Is there? Like, do you have a website or a Twitter account or an Instagram or anything if people want to check out what you're doing? Yeah, I'm on Instagram. I'm just Ilf McDonald Runner is my my title. Okay, and I'll, I'll spell your name for you. Uh, a for every, not for you. Uh, you know how to spell it. For A I L S A, and then it's M A C uh, McDonald. T- t- that's that's an interesting first name. Is there a story behind that? Uh, it's from Scotland. I was named after an island, Ilfa Craig. Oh, nice. Okay. Well, Elsa, let, let's keep in touch. I, I mean, I, it's, it's amazing what you do, uh, and, and thanks for updating us, and thanks for telling your story, and uh, I hope you're out there uh, on the trail soon. Really appreciate it, and all the best in your next competition. Thank you. That is Elsa McDonald checking in tonight on uh, Inside Sports. So, again, she was in New Zealand, and there was a 100-kilometer race going on. It wasn't the longest distance it was a 100 mile race that was the one she was in and she won Uh, i love those uh i love those stories good for her she's doing incredible stuff inside sports on 6 30 chad we're back after the break inside sports with reed wilkins is brought to you by cam llp injury lawyers representing injured people in edmonton and across alberta since 1962 Well, what do we have here, Kelly? Little Coney Hatch called Monkey Bars. Who requested this one? This was on the request line from... I lost the text here. Oh, uh, they didn't sign a name. Come on, guys. Sign your name to your text. Uh, oh, is there no text name on that one? No name on that one. Oh, okay. Yeah, you can give us a name or a handle you want to go by. We have, yeah. we have some people... You know, like we had Richard text in. We have guys like AMFM you know, that text we have in. Murr the Stamps guy didn't like our shot at McMahon Stadium earlier. But then we have some people who use uh, use handles like frustrated fan, the big L. That's Yakushev. cool too. Yakushev. Well, well that, Yakushev that could, could be his, be his name. name. Could we be his know. name. Could be his name for sure. Some guests on Inside Sports get gift certificates to Northern Chicken, bringing down south comfort food to Edmonton with their creative take on southern classics spun with a modern twist. Northchickenyeg.com. Find uh, everything that they're doing to uh, help you get food here as we go through this pandemic. Okay. that Well, we're almost at the end of the show. How did that happen? That went by relatively quickly. Time flies when you're having fun. When you're delivering as much inane garbage as we're delivering... It tends to go by quite quickly. (laughs) We finally got a slogan for the show. All right. You heard from Curtis Lazar. You heard from Morley Scott, CFL Commissioner Randy Ambrosi, and ultra runner Ailsa McDonald. Used to live in St. Albert, now in Cochrane. She's an excellent story. You miss anything, go to 630ched.com. Look for the show page for Inside Sports. If you do podcasts, wherever you get a podcast, we're there. Apple, uh, was it uh, Curious George Cast, Curious Cast, we're there as well. Spotify. We're on Spotify? I believe so. Oh, I didn't even know that. I'll triple check, but I think Shows that's you how informed I am. Uh, you're Kellen Kennedy. Thanks, Kellen. Dave I Campbell's am. the producer of the show. My name's Reed Wilkins. Thank you so much for tuning in. Adler's next.
630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad.